0: My guest is here, and we are definitely um, looking forward to giving you an awesome show today. Welcome all to Taco Tea, and um, you're just tuning in, uh, a warm Sunday afternoon to you, wherever you are. I'm trying to literally bring in the spring, you see my attire. I'm springing. <laughs> I'm springing because it's freezing. Uh, my guest is here. Um, and uh, before I introduce her I just want to say hi to her you know I'm not gonna say who she is of course everybody knows who she is based on the link but I like to I I have a lot of um we call in lingo vary you know I like to to make a style out of how I introduce my guests so for now we'll just say hi so she's lounging like she's on the beach she is into Oh my goodness. She is in Toronto in the cold, so don't let that fool you. <laughs> and, and, and she's trying to stay warm like like all of us. Um, it is spring and we have we still have um, close to zero degree weather. Um, but needless to say, we're happy to be alive and we're happy to, um, I'm specifically happy to bring you another Kakuti um, Tea production, another Kakuti Tea show. And I have a beautiful woman here with me, and I want to say good afternoon to my guest. I'm still not calling her name. How are you?
1: <laughs> I'm good, how are you?
0: I am awesome. It's so good to have you here on the show um, with me this afternoon. Um, I, I'll i get into a little bit of background as to how I actually connected with my guests, which is how what I always do. I always say how I know my guests, how we've met, if we have, if not. Um, it's funny cause this weekend seems to be a weekend of guests that I've never met. Um, but, <laughs> but <laughs> needless to say, we're going to have a good time. We go way, um, back way back in
1: spirits, way back in spirits. Girl, let me
0: tell you. <laughs> me tell you um, <laughs> um, I, first of all, I uh, just want to tell all the viewers, if you're just locking on, um, I had to encourage you to share the link so other folks can actually uh, get in on the conversation along with you and and feel free to ask your questions. Like I always say every single time um, the guests can choose whether or not to answer your questions. I tend to pop up the questions on the screen so you can see them and you'll tend and the guests will answer and we will keep the conversation nice and going and but I also want to encourage you to share the link. I want to say a special good afternoon to my family. Who has been super, super supportive? They're actually they're viewing right now, and uh, they're downstairs, but they're viewing. And uh, I want to say good afternoon to Sasha and and Miss Justina and Claire and Jojo and my baby Jake. I have never actually told the public his name yet. So one of these days they'll know his name. And, really, you um, haven't said and, his name yeah. yet? No, I haven't. I haven't ah. told the world his name as yet. Um, A few people know his name but not too many people Um, but I want to say you know good afternoon to all of them downstairs um, who are tuned in right now and today I want to say special welcome to uh, another Black entrepreneur beauty who's joining us right here in Toronto and um, she has a very interesting story and I'm so happy that She chose to come on the show, and she can share with you and and give you some insight. Uh, She studied uh, biotechnology, but always had a passion for art. After purchasing her apartment, she started decorating her 800-square-foot space, which gained her popularity through her social media um, blog. She's the owner of 800 Square Foot, an entire interior designing company and a shop called the apartment which is a shoppable space. I want to know about that shoppable Mm -hmm. space in downtown Toronto and she is also a regular on the number one daytime show Canada's City Line and recently featured on Flair magazine. Welcome the beautiful Nikki O'Neill. Hi
1: guys. Hi. Hi Jill. How are you?
0: I am doing fantastic. I am so, so happy to have you here.
1: I'm gonna tell me on
0: your show. Thank you very much. I mean, I'm gonna tell people how how I know you and how we met. Um, so I since being um since giving birth to my son, I have been watching a lot of daytime TV and I see these black beautiful girl with big eyes, you know, um, on on Canada's city line, um, Tracy Marshall. And you, she, she just actually celebrated her birthday. She happens to be an a like myself. And I'm um, just it's my spirit just said to me, send her a message. It's a very stalkerish move. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is a very stalker. So I went, I'm, I'm looking at her on TV and I, I just Googled her name, you know, as a matter of fact, they did not show your name um, again during the segment. They only showed it once. So I kind of missed the spelling and, and I kept typing in N-I-C-K-Y. I'm looking, I'm looking, and I'm like, you know what? Right, right. I went on City Line and I researched. I looked, looked and like I literally had to look through different, different programs to find her. And then I found her and I was like, okay, here goes the stalker. I... Found her on Facebook, and I'm like, I'm gonna send her a message, and just hope that she
1: responds. And guess what? She responded. Which I'm surprised is- you even you found me because my name, my name is N I K E, which is like, like Nike. Nike. Dude. And My last name is O'Neill, which is like online. So I'm surprised. Dude. Good skill, <laughs> dude.
0: I searched you out, and 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 she, I I didn't even think she would respond. I didn't think you would have responded, and. You responded in like less than no time, and she's like, oh, "Here's my number. You can call me." And then I'm like, "Well, okay." <laughs> and we we spoke, and you wanted to know where my headspace was, and the show hadn't launched yet. We had I hadn't even started. It was just still in you know production mode, and you know getting my guests organized and stuff. And I like to I like to prepare before I just throw things out there sometimes. And um, I sent you the link, and you the space, the time, and I was like, oh my God, I'm me, me so excited, <laughs> you know, having you on the show. And this is how I actually met my guests. So it's an interesting story, and I'm so happy to have you here um, with me on Kako Tea. And I want to know, who is Nikki O'Neill?
1: ah who is Nikki I'm a lot of things um and I guess it depends who's asking but I guess when it comes to this am I echoing it sounds like I'm echoing hold on let me just reduce my volume okay um I have to say I'm an artist it, that that's probably the the more encompassing description of me um but yeah I'm an artist um yeah that that's the simplest way I could put it
0: like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm an artist. Um, you did study um biotechnology. Um why did you go into biotechnology and all of a sudden now you're an artist? You no, know, I'm a designer.
1: Um You know what? I grew up in a traditional African family. Um so mm-hmm. anything in the arts was a hobby, you know. I like I could never imagine waking up and telling my mom that hey, I'm going to be uh, an artist or I'm going to be a designer. She'd be like a designer. What is that? With her African accent, you know? <laughs> I, was, I was about to tell you, tell it to me exactly how she would say it. Yeah, so, um, so me telling my parents that I wanted to be, in my, in, in, in my culture, like there's few, I'm sure in a lot of cultures, it's not just African or Caribbean cultures, but there's few um, careers that are acceptable. You could be a doctor. You could be a lawyer. You could be an engineer. That's pretty much it. Maybe an accountant. And then that's pretty much it. Everything else is kind of like, oh, you know. So following anything artistic, although I've always been artistic, even growing up, I remember um, I was always painting or drawing or doing something. So my family always knew I was artistic. But to, you know, say that I want to now pursue that as a career, that wasn't really something that was... um, acceptable or encouraged in my home so um I studied I actually wanted to be a plastic surgeon it was the you know what it was I so I picked being a doctor and then I decided okay if I'm going to be a doctor what is the most artistic (laughs) creative way so let me you know fix people's faces no but you know what I I figured I'd be a maxillofacial um surgeon which is a surgeon that reconstructs so it's not like a vanity sort of plastic surgeon it's like helping people But um, after, you know, studying a little bit and I I actually shadowed a a surgeon and I was just like, no, I I don't want to live this life. Like, so I decided that I was going to go into biotech and working in pharma for um, six or seven years and hating it. I just decided to uh, take a leap.
0: Um, It's funny you'd say that. It's funny you'd say that because. Um, when initially my parents wanted me to become a dentist and I worked at a dental office and I was like uh, watching staring on people's mouth is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not for me, you know. Um, so that took a, a curve. Um, uh, so it's interesting that you, you know, um, you have that story and that is actually the story for a lot of Caribbean, because I'm, you know, I'm Caribbean. A lot of right. Caribbean um, students or a lot of Caribbean young people would say, "Hey, my parents would not um, even give me the two time a day if they heard I was going to do anything else, which wasn't a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer, right?" right? And um, I remember when I told my dad that I was going to go to school to do aesthetics and then medical aesthetics, he goes, "What? You want to go and clean people's foot for the rest of your life?" <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said, right? <laughs> oh That's man! What he said. Uh, he's like, I am, and he's he, the man. Didn't speak to me for four years. I kid you not, because wow. he, in his head, he's like, um, "How could you be planning on cleaning people's foot?" And he did not understand that. Hey, it was a process. I wanted to do the aesthetics, and I wanted to do the medical, and you know, so they did. They don't really get that, and right. it's They're very a different old-fashioned time, and something you know? that doesn't seem to want to change um you you've experienced that and we in the caribbean have experienced i want to know a little bit about your your background your family background
1: in what sense what do you want to know
0: like (laughs) your your mom your parents you know growing
1: up what was life like for you um well we have we have a big family it's uh i am the second oldest of five kids so big big family I have an older brother and then there's two boys after me and then I have my the youngest is a girl my sister who's actually traveling the world right now it's super amazing right. but um yeah growing up was we were um we grew up very religious so every morning we would my dad would ring this like massive bell like at 7 a.m in the morning he would ring this bell to wake everybody up, and we would <laughs> all come to the living room and we would all pray together and you know what it's funny because now i'm like a morning person i cannot sleep past five o'clock so i always wake up mind you i'm not i don't have like P- uh, ptsd from like bringing bells or anything but i do so <laughs> And majority of my family actually are morning people. So that bell got us like up and early in the morning. But um, yeah, um, when we were younger, we, we you know, big family. We we get together now and it's kind of like sometimes chaotic. It's probably like every other family, you know, a little bit of craziness, a little bit of fun, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it um, I don't know. My I had a, a, a really... Good upbringing my mom is an amazing individual and it's funny even though um my mom would always push us towards like you know doctor lawyer engineer those sort of things my mom is completely artistic so I'm not even sure why she didn't like all, we get most of our artistic now that I'm thinking about it almost every single one of my siblings are, are in the arts now wow yeah, so they all started doing something else, and then they've all transitioned into doing the arts. So I think we get a lot of our artistic abilities from my mom. And uh, yeah, they they just couldn't. The upbringing and pushing us towards the academia didn't didn't stick. I guess. How important was it for you to obtain a, a university degree? It was it was very important. You know what? It was very important. Um, culturally you know in my family it was one of those things that is just like you have to do it you know what i mean for me on a personal level i didn't it wasn't so important to me because i was you know as a kid you just kind of do what your parents tell you to do you know Mm -hmm. um it was important um now that i look back i see that it it was extremely important for me even though i studied biotechnology and it had nothing it has nothing to do so much with what i do today Um, there were, there are skills, like analytical skills. And the way that I think is I can attribute to the fact that I had this, uh, that I, excuse me, that I had this um, education. You know what I mean? So I think in general, education is extremely important. Even more so than education, I would probably say knowledge. Because you can, you can obtain knowledge, especially with the internet. Now you can obtain all sorts of, um information and knowledge and I think that is that's what's important you know to know yourself and to know the world around you and how to navigate that I think is extremely important
0: mm, that's that's awesome you have your cocoa tea you have your you have your cocoa
1: tea I have, I have my tea I have my tea okay,
0: yeah. okay our good. cup looks
1: almost the same I know eh? I know <laughs> yours is longer mine's shorter. mine is much yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm
0: really, a short girl hmm. um why did you decide to actually become a, a designer because you could having an artistic background and of course studying biotechnology you could have said okay I've done what my parents wanted to wanted me to do and now I'm going to walk my own path um, Why did you specifically pick interior design because you could have said I want to be the next uh, Michelangelo or I want to be you know you could have you could have picked anything you could have said I want to um, be a makeup artist I want to So many different things. Why interior designing specifically?
1: Um, You know what? I, And I know this this probably sounds really romantic and fluffy and all that sort of stuff. But I I really believe that it chose me. You know, like I, before I started decorating or designing or anything like that, I would paint that like it was, it was kind of like my release. I would paint and I would sculpt. And all my electives in school, even though I was studying sciences, all my electives were art classes and artistic sort of classes. So those taught me a lot of the techniques. And I would do those things to kind of release stress or release anything that I felt. Um, And when I bought my first place, my medium just changed. So my home became my canvas and, you know, furniture and fabrics and paint um, became my brushes and, you know, things that I worked with. So. It it was just another way for me to release, another way for me to kind of express myself. And when other people saw and they asked me to do their own space, it it actually was difficult at the beginning only because the canvas now is their home. And I would take, it would become personal to me like, well, this is my canvas. But no, it's not my canvas. It's theirs. It's their home. They have to live in it, right? So it was difficult only because now I had to take this canvas that I saw as mine and uh, you know, essentially translate what these this this person wants into their own home. So I had to detach from that canvas so that I can create something for this other person. Um, but yeah, when I when I think back and I think about um, how I kind of found myself in design, it it kind of found me, and and that's where I am today.
0: <laughs> I really I really like that you said that because I I rem- I know sometimes people try to go into somebody's space and let's say you're going to fix it and you have your idea of how you want it to be but you have to also realize hey at the end of the day you're not going to live there after they pay you your check you're Mm -hmm. gone and they have to sit and enjoy the space it's almost like you have to get into the person's brain and see things how Mm -hmm. they want it to be And it's funny because I share the similar sentiments or similar things with you in the sense of of designing. I cannot do graphic design work, but I can tell you when something like I can tell you exactly how I want it to look and like get it. Into your head, and you can understand exactly what. I'm And sometimes my my guys that work with me, they're always like, "How do you explain to us, and we actually get it?" You know, they they always find it <laughs> mind boggling how I do that. But it, it's an interesting thing to have, and it, it only it takes being creative to actually be able to get into somebody's mind and put their space how you how they want it to be, right. because they right. could absolutely hate it. Are you ever terrified that somebody's gonna say, um, "I don't like
1: that." Um, no, not so much. I mean, usually when I walk into people's spaces, it's pretty terrible to begin with. I know that's really wrong to say, but it's pretty bad to begin with. So anything really I that I do would be would be better. No, but no, but you know what, there's a process, I guess I kind of go through. So once I've kind of met somebody and spent some time with it, spent some time with them, I think my first when I first meet somebody or when I do my initial consultation, majority of the time is not spent talking about design, actually, Uh, the majority of the time is spent me getting to know this person. And in me getting to know the person and having them walk me through their space and them telling me what they like and what they don't like and how they live like a day in the life of I can kind of rearrange things in my head and, and remove things from the space and kind of by the time I've done that interaction with them, I pretty much know how the space looks, you know, so so I'm not really afraid in terms of how it will look at the end, because I, I spend a good amount of time getting to know the individual. So I really, no. And I mean, I mean, at the same time, there's always a back and forth. So it's never like, I just say, okay, this is what you're getting and that's it, you know, and put my foot yeah. down. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's times where I have to say no to people and be like, no, you're not keeping that ugly couch that's been here for 18 years, you know? <laughs> And I got to put my foot down. But um, at the same time, there's times where I have to incorporate things that have sentimental value to people or, you know, um, you know, grandma's old such and such. So um, at the end of the day, no, I'm never, i am never, I'm never worried. And at the end, I most of the time become friends with my clients, you know?
0: Now describe to me, because you've said, you know, you're, you have to sort of spend some time with them. I want to know, when you do speak to somebody, what do you do? Do you just go back and you draw up something and you say, that's what I'm going to offer you. That's what I'm going to show you. Does it naturally click and you say, oh, that's what I'm going to do. That's how I'm going to change this. Are you able to like communicate that with them right off the top of the bat? Uh,
1: you know what? It's, it depends. Everybody's different. Sometimes you go in and you meet somebody and they know exactly what they like. They know their style. They know exactly what they like. And they, they might even like design and want to be part of the process. So in that case, it's more of a teamwork sort of effort. You go in, they know what they want, and they just need someone to kind of filter certain things through. Um, But then you go and you meet people that don't know what they like. They don't know what their style is. They don't, they don't want anything to do with the process. And I actually, to be honest, I actually prefer working with those people because essentially they just leave it up to you and you can just be creative. It's kind of like a blank canvas that you have your way with. So um, but everybody's different. So there's no one formula. But I think the important part is getting to know who it is that I'm creating the space for. And once I understand who that person is, what's what their values are, um, how they're going to use the space, then everything else is easy. Everything else is just like painting, you know.
0: Mm. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your store. Oh, I want to know all there is to know, because it's funny that um, I, in researching you, because again, we have not met, so all of my information is through research and stuff. Um, You have a, a shoppable store. Yes. Explain to us what that is.
1: Okay, so um, my shop is called The Apartment. It's a pop-up shop, so it's not open all the time but it's a pop-up shop called The Apartment. And The Apartment is a physical apartment, like a legit apartment where everything from the furniture to the art on the walls, to the food in the fridge, to the clothes in the closet, to everything is purchasable. So you can go in and literally shop someone's lifestyle. So I create um, the space around a character. Um, uh, sort of like I sit and I just, dis- and I last season, her name was Sloan and she was a travel writer and she had nephews and nieces and, um, it was during the Christmas season. So there was like a tree and she had gifts under there for her nephews and nieces. And you can kind of peel back the, the wrapping paper and see what she purchased for them. And you can purchase those items also. So I pretty much create a story around somebody and in creating this story, um, to, the, to the point that I even listen to the type of music that I think this character would listen to so that I can kind of really you know, take on that form and then I create the space. Um, you can come in and literally go into her bathroom and, and buy her beauty products or her closet and see what she's wearing or um, the furniture and the art that she watches, i uh, sorry, the art that she has in her space. Um, and it changes. So four times a year, I change the space, I get a new character and I literally create a new space and people can come and shop the apartment.
0: Oh my God. That sounds so interesting. That's it's fun.
1: It's fun. It's, yeah. It
0: does. <laughs> it does sound like a whole lot of fun. I heard somewhere that in your apartment, your friends have no pictures. What's up with that?
1: Oh, in my own apartment, my own personal yes. apartment. Yes. Um, yeah. In my personal, I want to flip it around and show you guys, but um, in my, my home, you can do that. I... <laughs> in my home, I, I'm, I'm afraid that there might, it might be dirty, so I'm not going to flip it but... around. <laughs> um, in my home, a lot of my frames are empty. I'm, like, looking around. Yeah, a lot of my frames are empty. And um, the reason being is that it depends. To, for me to put something, it's even funny. Even this piece of art behind me here, this will change. This will be this way for some time. And then when I get sick of it, I'll paint. O- oops. I did. I just dropped it, but this here, um, I'll paint over it if I get sick of it. So it's kind of like this thing where, um, my home is kind of the place where I can be, cre- I can be creative. Can you still see me? I can still see you perfectly. perfect. Okay. Um, just fixing that. There we go. Um, my home is the place where I can release, um, and in order for me to be creative, in order for me to be inspired, um, I need, sometimes I need quiet. And quiet also means visual quiet, which means um, empty spaces. You ever, you know, when, have you ever, you know, when you have like a piece of paper and like half of it is colored, or you have like, maybe you have a coloring book and someone's colored half of it and you have this urge, to like finish coloring the rest of it. It's almost like mm-hmm. that, you know, mm-hmm. where you want to finish doing something. And in, in that In that process, you pull certain things out of you. So in me having unfinished pictures or empty frames in my home, it allows me to kind of continuously be creative and kind of continuously have this openness to whatever. Today in my head, that could possibly be a man sitting on a bench or tomorrow can be a woman crying or tomorrow can be, you know what I mean? So it allows me to continuously have my, you know, my mind going just to be creative.